0: hello everyone welcome back to starting from the pits i am your host charlotte and this week we are rejoined by chloe chong f1 academy driver and it is a wonderful conversation that we have today i am really proud of Chloe. I mean, obviously we spoke at the start of her season and getting to talk to her at the end of this season, knowing how much she's been through, what a successful season she's had, not just in terms of performance, but her growth throughout this season has been incredible. So I really hope you enjoyed this and thank you for listening and joining us in this conversation. Welcome back. It's great to have you here.
1: It's nice to be back.
0: Yeah. So last time we spoke, I believe you were either just off to Monza or you just come back
1: I think I was I think I was just before yeah
0: yeah. okay so it's been an absolute whirlwind since then so what do you think has been the biggest change for you since we last talked
1: I'd say the Austin Grand Prix I think that's the number one thing yeah Um, yeah that was a big big journey I think like both both physically but also mentally um and, and race wise it was it was quite different to what we had in Monza and in Poor Ricard, et cetera.
0: Yeah, definitely. And with it being televised as well, I mean, what did that mean to you?
1: I think that was quite cool because there's definitely a lot of people that were were like, Oh yeah, like we want to be able to see you live because you know, that's what racing's all about, it's about being able to share those emotions. Um through the screen, but also live. So having that um, television broadcast really helped uh, from that perspective, but also from a sponsorship and a marketing perspective, I think that was useful because, you know, it, it's um, it's a big challenge for us to, to be able to even race in the first place without having sponsorship. So I think that was really useful. Um, apart from that, you know, um, being able to, to race with, you know, my idols, Lewis, George, Max, um, was a dream come true. I've never been to an F one race, so I think you know that part of the weekend I was kind of like gasping for for air a bit because it was so much so exciting. You know, new experiences literally every second.
0: Definitely. Were you able to experience the F one race as a fan as well?
1: Yeah, so I was I was lucky enough to be able to um, watch um, from a really really nice place, and yeah, I was really excited because um, you know hearing those cars go around, seeing the pit stops. Um, there was something incredible about it. And then also after the race, uh, I managed to see like Lewis's and Charles's car get like wheeled back. And that was before I knew they got disqualified. So I have a really like close up video of their cars uh, coming by. So, um, yeah, that was that was quite cool. I think that was a moment that I loved, uh, I'd love to relive again. Yeah, definitely. So we'll go into Austin
0: then a little bit. Obviously, Lewis came and visited you, visited you all how was that for you how were you holding yourself together for that
1: to be fair I didn't know it was going to happen until five minutes before and we were all like prepping ourselves that we needed to be in the right places for the media and stuff like that but then he came along and it was it was just yeah amazing to meet him you know sure he's he's like my idol and I was like shaking I was kind of like frozen for a bit but when you meet him he's such a normal person and it was great to you know talk to him because um, obviously we grew up around the same kart track he started at the same kart track that I started at and yeah it was a whole bunch of emotions going through my head but it was amazing to to see how how I guess normal he is even though he's such a star like he's he's very humble and he really wants to help us females you know pursue careers in motorsport and and it was great to see him watching you know the races as well.
0: Yeah. And I guess he's sort of been through that similar journey of not being the majority. Um, so I guess you've got that in common and he's obviously there wanting to help you guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, coming from what's good, um, like a different ethnicity than most people, I think um, I kind of get that journey. Like, obviously, um, most sports a very privileged sport at the moment. And Um, Yeah, we're looking to change that. I think F1 Academy is a massive, you know, wide wide range of diversity, not only us all being females, but, you know, we've got the Alcabase sisters from the UAE, we've got Bianca from the Philippines, and there's myself, and yeah, it's just great to see so many people from different countries coming together, and, you know, we're all great friends, so yeah.
0: Definitely. So, obviously, you're the youngest on the grid, which is absolutely crazy, you're only 16, this is your first season in single-seaters as well. What are you most proud of this season?
1: Genuinely, I'm the most proud of my performance in the last race. Um, I think we had a very tough year, lots of stuff going on, stuff that, like too many things going on in my head, really, I think, during the mid part of the season. So to go into the US, you know, with a fresh, open mind, um, you know, after the break, having a lot of preparation because genuinely at the beginning of the year, I struggled uh, physically. I think we, we came in with the best, possible opportunity to you know pull out a good result and yeah that's what we did we won the team's championship and it wouldn't have been possible without you know the effort that we did during the summer and and, and my my persistent good job during the race so um, I think I think that was a memory that's that's going to stick with me forever I mean as well as the red Bull ring you know the first round and yeah I think um, overall it ended a good season on a high yeah
0: definitely so obviously there was that gap from august to october what was one thing you were working so, really hard on in that gap
1: um the main thing that i was working on i mean it was actually a lot of things but the, the main thing was you know self-improvement always working hard to get the most out of myself every day um even while i was on holiday i need i needed to go to the gym it wasn't that i wanted to it was that i needed to like compulsively just one like m- it was more than i want but i would say like it just felt like I needed to go. Yeah. And I think when you're in that stage, you know, you're, you're, you're mentally just focused on one thing only. And for me, that was just prep, 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 because I never had the opportunity during the season. And I wanted it so bad. I knew that I deserved a better result than we got for several reasons. And um, yeah, I really just wanted to prove myself in Austin. So lots of sim time, gym. Um, we went to 3 to one Perform for the mental training. And we managed to get one day in the car together, but that was it, really. And um, altogether, it just really paid off, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort behind the scenes, working with people that, um, you know, really helps me, I really trust. And, um, yeah, I mean, it all just paid off in the end.
0: Yeah, definitely. And obviously, we know that racing is very, it's a very physical sport, but you spoke then about mental training. How much of an impact does that have on you as a driver?
1: I would say mentally, it's literally, like, mental um mental strength I would say is about 70% of the sport okay it's a very very large proportion I know it doesn't look like it because when you're out there you're kind of like driving around and whoever finishes first maybe it's all about you know because it's called a sport it's all about physical aspects but because it's racing because you're controlling something it's so much about what you're thinking that affects how smooth you are with the steering wheel how how I guess ready you are to focus and be be ready for for battles like that because it is endurance it's about focusing for a long time and that was actually something that I really struggled with in the middle of the season so um, I knew that I had to, to basically just train my focus train my emotions and and try to I guess make it pay off in, in Austin which it did and um, yeah it really helps a lot and now I see why F1 drivers like Max Verstappen are so successful just because they're they're so robust and um yeah i think it's it's a really big journey ahead for me mentally and a journey ahead for, for everyone on the grid mentally because yeah to to be at peak performance for for half an hour whilst in the car by yourself is, is just really difficult
0: yeah 100% i mean you are at the start of your career still um and there are obviously other girls across the grid who are a bit further along in their careers so how does that make you feel seeing them sign with these bigger teams obviously Bianca's now signed with McLaren and all these kind of things how is that for you knowing that that's sort of a path that you can now take
1: yeah I think uh what Susie's done is incredible you know it's opened a lot of doors for us um all of us and I'm really proud of what Bianca's done. You know, she truly deserves it. She's worked so hard this year, both on and off the track. You know, I've seen what she's doing with our social media off like behind the scenes. I know, you know, how much she cares about it. So it's it's great to see um, that will pay off for her. And also it gives me big aspirations for the future because it means that, you know, with the right training, um, with the right mindset and the right results, there's always doors that can open for me like that. and. Um, ultimately that's that's the aim for the future is to to be picked up by one of those teams because that would help me with several of the issues that I face in the sport which is um you know the sponsorship aspect the the funding as well as you know finding a, a true driver development um pathway so I think the doors that have opened from F1 Academy are really big and and it's really reassuring to see that it's just the beginning really
0: yeah definitely so all of the girls in F1 Academy, you all seem like you're such good friends, like you see all of the pictures off the track and you're all having so much fun, which is, it's so wholesome to see. I was saying this to somebody the other day, I think one word to describe F1 Academy is just wholesome. It's so good to see it. How do you navigate that balance of being best friends like off the track and then switch into that racer mode when you're on the track and you don't get annoyed with each other?
1: To be fair, um, I don't really switch. I think I'm, I'm, I am I'm. would say that I'm the most, what's it called? I would say that I'm the most youthful driver. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I would say I'm quite carefree. Like, if it's something big, then obviously I care. But if it's something like friendship, then I think at the end of the day, all of us know that we're going to compete against each other. Right? And we know that we're going to be tough with each other. But it's fine to, you know, enjoy it. So if I'm in a battle with someone and they overtake me, it's, it's not like, I'm going to fight 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 and I'm going to give them like no room or space or anything I think I have respect for them we enjoy our times off track and I'm going to treat them you know as a friend but also in that way that that I would compete for for an opportunity if I get get the space so um my mindset doesn't really change I I'm always competitive and that's just in my what's it called this is my DNA you could say um but yeah off the track and on the track I feel the same way about the drivers if I make a mistake then I'll go and apologize to them but other than that I'll race as hard as I want and I'll be fair
0: yeah definitely and obviously in Austin we saw you all having so much fun off the track what was one of your favorite things that you did while you were there
1: oh that's difficult (laughs) because
0: I saw you were like you went boot shopping and all the cowboy stuff it was it was
1: given cowboy what was your favorite bit? I mean, there was a lot of fun stuff that we did in Austin um, with Marta. We went out for dinner quite a few times, um, even with Bianca. And we did all that boot shopping and stuff like that. I actually went outlet shopping with, with Chloe Graham, which was I thought was, was really fun. And um, we wanted to go to the aquarium, but then we, we read some poor reviews on the oh. aquarium. So we decided not to go. But instead, we went to a lovely out, outlet and we got to catch up after what felt like so long to be honest because we're in different teams and yeah we haven't really had that much time so it was great for for us and our families to catch up together and and enjoy some shopping I'd say that's probably the highlight really
0: nice I mean Austin's known for its food where was one of your favorite places you went to eat
1: again that's really difficult (laughs) such a variety of food um two places that stand out to me was we went to um I think it's called Oh, what's it called? (laughs) We went to a barbecue I think it's called Terry Black's.
0: I've been there I literally went there last year it was unreal.
1: Yeah it was it was a great place great atmosphere I think I probably gained a few kilos there but um, yeah it was a it was a nice um, experience and I really enjoyed that that sort of American vibe but but also because it's Texas you have a lot of really good Mexican food so we actually Mm. went to um, this this food truck called I think it's oh maybe maybe I'm pressing too much for the name but it was this food truck um that was that was absolutely amazing we had the best tacos there and I don't think I'll forget it because oh the the um the barbacoa was amazing
0: <laughs> honestly they do food on another level in Texas it's just so good
1: it's just so much variety so I feel like you don't really get bored like yeah I mean I did miss like the smaller portion sizes and the slightly yeah. more healthy food in the UK but um, yeah like taking a couple of weeks off that it wasn't a problem we got to have the full experience
0: yeah so back to reality how is your revision going because I know you've been doing your GCSEs
1: yeah so my my first exam is tomorrow um, oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: honored that you're here you should be revising
1: <laughs> I revi- uh, don't worry I'm revising in my head <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think it's going pretty well um, I think the aim isn't to like go and smash it out of the park i think you know there's there's some i guess background there that i'm racing and the focus was on racing so as long as i pass and as long as i do the best that i can on the day i think you know the job's done, and hopefully we we get through it all basically alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, how are you balancing it all? Are your schools is your school quite supportive and knowing what you want to do in your career, or is it a bit like you must get this done and you must you know do so what
1: it does? before the summer? I was with normal school, and yeah, they were quite supportive. I mean, there's only a, I think an amount and an extent that you can be supportive before it becomes kind of taking the mick if you're missing. Yeah. Life. month so you know they were very supportive over that they helped me um, with like even just like simple things like catching up with schoolwork and stuff and like giving me time off of like PE lessons and stuff so that I could go to the library and do some schoolwork so um, they were very supportive but honestly it got to a point where it was just too much and in September I started homeschool Mm -hmm. like online schooling with other people and at first I was kind of like uh maybe not not so keen but um you know I realized that it's it's a big sacrifice that you have to make and part of that is is going to a different school um and through that I've met some really cool people I've met a tennis player I've met a golf um golf player so of you know, people pursuing their dreams in sport that are also doing the same thing and um, yeah overall that school's been quite helpful. They've given me the time off and then I'm able to catch up with those lessons through you know recordings and yeah I think the teachers are quite understanding of what I'm doing so so it's it's been pretty good overall although I do miss my friends and I do miss normal school definitely
0: yeah but if you hadn't have chosen racing as your career, what do you think you would be interested in going into?
1: That's difficult I think you know I've been I've been like um what's it called around a whole bunch of different people, you know, from racing, you know, engineers, mechanics, just pe- all, pe- all different people. And I think it would be very interesting for me to either go into like team management mm-hmm. or, e- or even like being um, what's called a, a sports performance coach. Cause I find it very interesting yeah. studying psychology for a levels and um, yeah, it's, it's just, I've always been able to what's called read people quite well and also like just talking to teammates like me, Martin, Bianca, we all have different times where we struggle and it's super fun. Well, I wouldn't say fun but I would say that <laughs> you know it's fulfilling to be able to help your teammates you know um, get over certain things and I think we've all been very supportive of each other and it, it's just yeah fulfilling and I think I'd love to do that for for someone else that I think is is talented so Um, yeah I'll pursue psychology see where that goes and maybe if the racing doesn't work out which hopefully it does I don't think it won't this is this is me manifesting my whole life (laughs) yeah I think if I lived in a different reality a different world then I would be a sports performance coach probably like Angela Cullen
0: Love that. Amazing. So you get to go around on a scooter all day and carry exactly. bags. <laughs> yeah, I'm living the life, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so I asked some of my listeners, as you saw today, um, just to send in some questions. Um, so we'll go through a few of them. So obviously last time I had you on, we went through a list a little bit. But just for those who haven't listened to that
1: episode, how did you start racing? How did you get into this? So I started racing through basically a passion of watching F1 with my dad. And I had my first time in a go-kart when I was six years old and it kind of just went off from there. I really enjoyed it. I was probably quite bad for the first time, but um, yeah, we kind of took the passion from there. I just always love the adrenaline, the speed, the, the, I guess the idea of just improving in small increments and seeing it through a timesheet. I thought that was quite cool. And yeah, um, I got kind of just got the competitive spirit and wanted to start winning basically straight away. <laughs>
0: That's, that seems like a, a driver's mentality to me—it's almost as if you were made for it from the start. Okay. Secondly, how does it feel to be traveling around the world,
1: and what are the pros and cons? So yeah, traveling around the world means that you get to to see a lot of different cultures and you get to go to loads of new places. Um, it's, it's definitely enjoyable. I really, I think as a young person, I really enjoy you know visiting new things and um, taking the time to to see, I guess, stuff that you wouldn't normally see in the UK. Um, but I'd say also it's a big trade off because it's a, lo- it's a large chunk of time. It's, it also can get quite tiring if you're going back and forth, you know, every two days like, like I was at, at some points in the season. But um, as a young person, I really enjoyed it. And it is one of the pros of the sports. I think, you know, visiting new tracks, visiting new cities, tasting different foods um, and, and travelling as a family with the team, really
0: yeah what would you say once you're like do you have any like rituals when you get off a flight to sort of bring yourself back to earth a bit and self-care you know that
1: kind of thing yeah I mean obviously when I get a flight I one I would say rituals that I pack like two hours before I leave for a flight
0: (laughs) chaos
1: (laughs) yeah but I'd say when I get there you know my my first aim is to get to the hotel um unpack a bit obviously shower (laughs) um yeah I like to be quite organized I, they call me like a neat freak within a team like you'll see our our driver's tables and it'll be like Bianca's is the messiest ours <laughs> is with just everything splayed out and then mine will be just stuff all falses because I feel like I'm a bit OCD that way like if everything's you know in order in front of me I feel like everything's just going to be better so I would say that's my my main thing is just organization unless it's like a a two-day thing then I'll just keep everything in my bag yeah
0: I mean they do say what is it like tidy room tidy mind or something like that so I feel like whatever goes in front of you is everything's clear up here you know what's going on yeah yeah exactly so you mentioned chasing different food in different countries somebody's
1: actually asked what is your favorite country for their food out of the ones that I've visit, visited so far, all oh, that's difficult. I mean, I've I've got to say, like, firstly, I think Italy was very good because of you know the pizza, the pasta. I've just spent a lot of time there with the team, and when you have authentic Italian food, nothing gets better. Mm. But then I'd also add to the list. Hmm. <laughs> difficult this one um I'm trying to think of all the races Zanvort was actually quite good really they had, had a large variety of different things like I didn't expect it to be that good but yeah we had some really good food in Zanvolt. so I'd say Italy and Zanvort. yeah good to
0: know. so uh we've had somebody ask what was one of the hardest challenges in
1: transitioning from karting to single seaters I think single seaters the number one challenge is probably just the level of depth that you go into with the data with the with the whole analysis sort of thing because with karting when you drive it's it's more like feeling you're never looking at like 100 meter boards you're never kind of feeling brake pressure I think um when you go into single seaters there's so much more to think about you come in during a session and you're you're looking at data you're looking at you know great shapes. You're looking at so many different things. And um, I think basically relating that data back to what I was physically doing was the biggest transition and something that's probably taken me the whole year to, to really grasp. Thankfully in Texas, it was something where I was more sure of it and I was able to, to know exactly what I was doing basically. Yeah, definitely.
0: And what would you say is one of the biggest challenges of your job as a driver?
1: I'd say the biggest challenge that I face as a driver is, you know, keeping, what's it called? Keeping passionate without getting emotional. Yeah. And I know that sounds a bit silly, but it really is a mental game. And it's really good to have passion. You know, the best drivers have so much passion for the sport and they want it so bad. But you've also got to control, you know, the fact that you you shouldn't be taking a bad performance personally because it's not always all your fault you know there's so many factors to play it could be because you're not in the right headspace and you've got to respect that and next time you've got to go into the, to the track with a new mind new new fresh um fresh mindset basically and go and perform the way that you should be without worrying about what happened last time and i think you know that's something that every athlete probably struggles with and i think that's the the key factor to performance is just being able to let go of of sort of negative stuff and put it aside when you're meant to be performing
0: yeah definitely I think I think the way you've emphasized the whole mental thing of this is really important because people do just see it purely as a physiological sport and it's it's really not there is a lot more to it
1: yeah I, I, I'd definitely say so I mean str- from struggling physically at the beginning of the year I know that physical aspects can be improved and obviously mm. it really helps but once you've gotten to that point where you're able to drive the car it is all about performance under pressure. You can be as fast as you want during testing, but maybe during the race, you, you just can't handle the pressure and you can't perform. But it doesn't matter how fast you are in testing because that the race results only matter. Um, so it, it's it's a large challenge. And I think um, that's that's a key aspect of the sport. It's part of why I enjoy it, actually, because you never know what, what sort of thing can, can happen and it can change the, the whole game completely. And um yeah i think one of my missions for next year is just improving mentally and yeah becoming mentally strong and making that one of my my um advantages over other people
0: yeah definitely what would you say has been one of the biggest tips you've learned to become mentally stronger and not crack under pressure
1: oh that's quite tough i think it's it's a bunch of things like to become mentally stronger it's it's about going through tough times it's about dealing with it poorly I know that sounds bad but you've always got to deal with it poorly to know where you can improve Mm -hmm. so for instance this year I've gone through several you know different occasions where I thought you know stuff was going to go bad and I was just worrying about endlessly Um, and I think at the end of the day the thing that really helped me was thinking is this something that could have could have been avoidable or is it something out of your hands, in which case yeah. you, you don't need to worry about it? If it's something avoidable, then you can learn what you did wrong and you can rectify that mistake. Whilst if it's something that you know you can't control, it's in the incontrollable. I don't know, someone like hits you off and you crash into this barrier and it maybe like hurt you a little bit. You've got to think, well, I didn't affect the outcome of that result. Therefore, next time I'm on track, I shouldn't be worried of that of that barrier because that person's not going to be there and you know it was like a one in a million chance that was going to happen anyway and I think you know that really helped me thinking about stuff that's within my control and out of my control because then you kind of feel like you mentally let it go and one example is in Texas actually Um, so it was like a two and a half month break since we'd been in the car but I got to the track and my whole seat mold had shrunk literally like my shoulders Were like, the shoulder bits of the seat were, like, kind of just literally pinching into my arms and I was kind of driving like this. Um, And the team just didn't have time to replace it. I literally had to get into the car, the free practice one, and I was in so much pain. Like, I remember, you know, having my dad there. I was literally, like, in tears because it was so painful. But there was nothing we could do, nothing we could do for the whole weekend because it takes, like, a day and a half for the seat to cure so I went out there you know nothing that you could do about it literally tears in my eyes and I was like you know what it's out of my control there's nothing that we can do about it so I've just got to get on and do the best that I can under these circumstances and just treat it like nothing's ever happened so yeah that's why I did the whole weekend and it was a good outcome so that's bold that's brave you know a good proof that um of, of the improvements that that can you know small things can make over the year especially mentally like I think if I had that issue in in Red Bull ring like in the first round that would have really upset me and, and yeah they really my performance so to be fair I'm quite proud of myself
0: <laughs> yeah definitely that was some growth there that was impressive and yeah to go around the track and it's
1: pinching you that is so impressive the FP1 they tried to like cut down the shoulder things but yeah basically on the back of my seat because I'm so short they had a foam block there and all the fu- all the foam like the liquid foam stuff had like melted and kind of shrunk back down so I had this foam lock like stuck in my back the whole time and I was like oh I've just got to get on with it yeah do it and at the end of the weekend I was broken and bruised basically but you know I did a good job and I think that kind of paid off for it
0: yeah definitely at least you can say imagine what it would have been like if you hadn't
1: had your seat like that yeah I know exactly yeah I could have been T one if I had a good seat but (laughs) honestly I I think you know even under those conditions I did a really really good job definitely even with a good seat I think I would have done a similar if not better job yeah yeah
0: so where do you see the future of F1 Academy going
1: from now then for for the series or for myself both why not both Yeah, so I'd say plans for next year, Um, you know, my main aim is for for the long term future. I'm thinking, you know, what's best for me developing as a driver? And we're considering so many options here and there. You know, F1 Academy is one of them. But ultimately, which series is going to get me the most track time, the most development? And it's going to put me in a great position to progress to higher formula. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of options going on maybe it's not F1 Academy for 2024, but there's definitely F1 Academy in the future um, in store for me. It just depends, I guess, where we go, where our sponsors want us to go and, um, yeah, what happens with the series release. Really. But I think Susie has made it very clear that it's it's a really long-term project and um, so far it's been great. It's just the beginning, you know, that's their their mantra. Um, and and F1 teams coming on board, all the sponsors coming on board is, is truly spectacular. And I think um, really elevates I guess the opportunities that we have in the sport and yeah I'm really excited to see where it goes especially next year um, where we're going to Singapore, Saudi Arabia, um, Miami and I think you know that's that's super exciting to drive on those sorts of circuits where um, you probably wouldn't have even imagined driving there in, in a normal Formula 4 series so I'm really excited to see what's in store. Um, for next year for me I'm not too sure what I'm doing yet but we have a lot of things to consider and the main thing is, is we do what's best for for my future and and, and our long term goals, really, which is to make it F one.
0: Absolutely. I mean, are there any other series that you'd be interested in, like endurance or indie or anything like that?
1: I mean, there's definitely stuff that we've been considering along those lines, but um, I think at the moment, due to my age, the full focus yeah. is in Formula One. Um, endurance looks very hopeful if you know we make it into like Formula Three, Formula Two, and um, there's options that open up there, but at the moment we're, we're mainly looking at those feeder series and, and looking to, to get the track time that we need. But, um, obviously budget is a really big thing. And I think that, that kind of determines most of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think next year is all about development, whether it's in, in racing or in testing or F1 Academy or something else. Um, we'll just see what works for, for our budget, our opportunities and, and what we want to achieve.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So what do you think is one thing you'll be taking from this season into next season, regardless of what series you're going to be driving in? Um, literally just the stuff that I've been talking about. I think the, the mental, mental
1: stuff. Strength, um, you know, the drive, the the physical strength, the physical training. You know, I'm going to, I've literally, I was just in the gym before dinner. I saw um, that. So I'm, I'm working as hard as I can just to, to make sure that I'm on top form because at the start of the year, I had literally no time to, pre- 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 to prepare for the first race. And I think that's something that, you know, kind of upsets me a little bit because I had not, again, it's one of those things that you can't control. Yeah. Um, so next year I want to be, you know, on top form straight away. And I think that's the main aim for me is I want to come in with all of the stuff that I've learned this year and kind of start from there as a benchmark and keep working my way up. And hopefully with those things there, like the, those benchmark things there, the the level of improvement and kind of the rate of improvement can can be quite fast.
0: Amazing. Well, I feel like that's a really great way to wrap this episode up. Great. Um, a huge thank you for coming back on. It's been great to speak to you again. It's great um, to speak to you. Yeah, and I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe soon we can actually see each other in person. That'd be a great.